Welcome to Common Sense Coalition Talk Radio, where you'll find straight talk from people with good old common sense. I trust your opinion. And now, for your host, he's putting sense back into nonsense. Absolute insanity. Well, you can hear me on the radio. Your host, Beth Ann. And I welcome you today to CSE Talk Radio. It's my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you today as it is every day. Of course, this is Memorial Day of uh, 2021. And we're going to start with a prayer, as we do every day. For such a time as this, Father, today we pause to reflect on the sacrifice made by those who paid the ultimate price on behalf of our nation. We pray that their sacrifices are never forgotten, nor is the pain of their families. We acknowledge that freedom comes at a cost and pray that we can pursue peace. We hope that someday we'll celebrate Memorial Day as just a memory of the time before we started living in peaceful existence. The very thing you intended for us since the beginning of creation. Let us turn to you, Abba Father, in our grief and in our remembrance of the fallen. Guide us toward a harmonious existence as we honor those who were willing to give up their lives that we may together hear today freely. On this Memorial Day, we pray for peace and for those who gave all. Lead us toward a world where no one must give their lives in pursuit of freedom. May we be respective to your guidance, and may we never fall. May we never forget the fallen. Until such a day, Father, I protect us. Protect us, Abba Father. Make us your soldiers for truth and justice. In Psalms 27, 3-4, your word tells us, Though an army besieges me, my heart will not fear. Though war breaks out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. For such a time as this, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Even though Memorial Day is a solemn time to honor those who have died for this country, it is also a great time to celebrate being an American. You know, just outside Washington, D.C., Arlington National Cemetery, several memorial services are usually planned each year. But I believe as you drive through the small towns across rural America, the cemeteries adorned with flowers and flags of those who serve this nation, that largely shows the remembrance in a very personal way. The large shows in Arlington are, are moving, but and they're necessary to show respect and honor. 
But those small personal graves of Americans across the nation, they're moving as well. Many families make this day a, to, you know, a special day to visit the graves of their loved ones. And, and I dare say there are very few, if any, families in this country who did not have at least one hero in their ancestry. May we never forget. Pray we never forget that the freedom we hold dear were kept safe for us with blood, sweat, and tears. Remember those who made the ultimate sacrifice to preserve our nation and laid down their lives. I have with me today Bill Federer. It's been a long time since we've had him. He's a historian. The man, the man is so full of history, I can't ever keep up with him. And, and uh, he really helps to enlighten us. And I told him when I when we came on today, I wanted I wanted to talk about uniting a nation. And Bill, we are so privileged to have you. Welcome back to CSC Talk Radio. It was great to talk with you again the other day. Oh, hey, it's great to be with you. You know, I uh, we're going to head into the first break here in just a few minutes, but. I wanted to talk about Memorial Day as as a uniting of this nation. Uh, you know, I mentioned to you, and I, it just kind of crossed my my brain. I, I think strange things sometimes, but it's time this nation united. But do we always have to unite at a cemetery? Can we not come together, <laughs> you know, so that we don't have to unite at cemeteries all the time for such a thing? And And I know that... You know, when we went through the Civil War, and there's so much talk about that these days, but I learned this from you, that Memorial Day began when the Southern ladies put flowers on the graves of not just the South soldiers, but the Union soldiers as well, trying to bring a nation together. I want you to talk about that. we got about three minutes before we go into a break. I want you to talk about that. Right. Well, half a million died during the Civil War. And uh, as you mentioned, it was originally the southern women that began to scatter flowers on the graves and uh, of both the north and south. Uh, many places claimed that be the original Memorial Day. Now, Veterans Day is for those who fought for our country but are still alive. Memorial Day is for those who have died. Mm-hmm. And so, but one um, interesting place is Charleston, South Carolina. The Confederacy had a mass grave where they buried 257 Union soldiers. It was a prison camp. It was like uh, horrible conditions. Anyway, um, so after the war, on May 1st, 1865, the former slaves who had been freed, led by 2,800 singing black children, mm-hmm. uh, dug up the mass grave, and they had the coffins of these individual 257 and they buried them with honor and uh, that was just a a very moving event there's photos of that and so the uh, date was chosen uh, for Memorial Day it was originally called Decoration Day because they decorate the graves and uh, then during World War I uh, you had uh, all the different soldiers that died and one uh, World War One, where he had Sergeant York, he was the one that oh, almost yeah. single-handedly took out 132 machine guns, and then afterward, after the war, started a Bible school in America. Uh, he was a conscientious Ferguson. objector at first. 
Right, yeah. And then he prayed, and then he felt let, led to go over there. And uh, Patton and MacArthur and Pershing and Leonard Wood were all over there. Harry S. Truman with fought in World War. Eddie Rickenbacker with the 94th Aero Squadron. And wow. uh, Teddy Roosevelt's son died. Quentin Roosevelt, he was shot down. And even Irving Berlin. He's a Jewish immigrant to America, and he loves the country. And uh, he composes God Bless America, that popular mm-hmm. song. And uh, J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis were both there in World War One, And my grandfather fought in World War One. Well, um, so the uh, the decision was made, uh, Warren G. Harding, to place a soldier from World War One in the tomb of the unknown soldier at Arlington Cemetery. And chiseled in stone is the words, here rests in honor, glory, an American soldier known but to God. And it's guarded 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And then they eventually put in soldiers from other wars. Uh, just to give some numbers, um, this is just military casualties, but 25,000 died during the Revolution, uh, 20,000 during the War of 1812, 13,000 in the Mexican-American War, 625,000 during the Civil War, uh, mm. 2,400 Spanish-American War, World War I, 116,000, World War II, 405,000. Uh, Korea, 38,000. Vietnam, 58,000. Persian Gulf Wars and uh, you know, the Operation Enduring Freedom and so forth. Those are you know, probably altogether 10,000. And uh, uh, now this isn't counting the civilian. It's not counting the Spanish flu deaths and all the, the collateral deaths. But uh, an interesting one was put in from the Vietnam War, and uh, they had the family... Uh, suspected it was their son. And so they finally, after much petitioning, got the uh, tomb opened again. And they did the DNA test, and sure enough, it was Michael Blassie. And oh, and he man. was a pilot. Uh, we're headed down. And he we're headed into a break. I want to hear a little more about that, but we're headed into a break. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann with Bill Federer of the American Minute. We're trying to unite a nation on Memorial Day, and we will be right back. Made in America is more than just a slogan. It's a brand we all look for to better this nation's economy. Liberty Tabletop is the brand of Cheryl Manufacturing. The only manufacturer of flatware in the United States of America, Liberty Tabletop creates high-quality flatware at a competitive price using the finest quality 1810 chromium nickel stainless steel. Oh, and by the way, the steel they use is also made in the USA. The steel is tested for lead and other toxic trace elements, so you bring to your family a safe and pure product that will last for generations. Setting your table is an important part of every meal. The patterns you choose say something about you and your family. Bringing America home with LibertyTabletop.com or go to my website, CSETalkRadio.com, and click on their link. Call Liberty Tabletop at 844-386-2338. Use the promo code BETHANN and receive 10% off your purchase. LibertyTabletop.com. You can look for the silver lining or you can strengthen your portfolio with gold and silver. Optimism is planning for your own financial future. 
Melody Cedarstrom of Discount Gold and Silver Trading has been watching our economy and the banksters for well over 20 years. The U.S. has an unsustainable debt. While the timing of a collapse cannot be predicted, we know the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back weighs heavier and heavier with each new stimulus and omnibus bill. Because of our debt and the lack of solid backing, those fiat dollars in your pocket continue to deflate in value. However, gold stays true, true wealth. Give Melody Cedarstrom a call at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Discount gold and silver trading for all your precious metal needs. And join Melody weekday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Financial Survival Radio. Visit DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com. Do we lack enthusiasm and understanding of the word liberty? Do we weep for liberty which we have lost? Or do we simply not understand the substance and sacrifice for which we were once privileged? Liberty. Webster defines liberty as the state of being free within society from oppressive restrictions imposed by authority on one's life, behavior, or political views. Today we seem to want restrictions. Government micromanaging our lives? But do we realize the cost? Alexander Hamilton once stated, there is a certain enthusiasm in liberty that makes human nature rise above itself in acts of bravery and heroism. As a republic, we the people must guard the liberty of others. We must continue the enthusiasm that will make men free. Visit csctalkradio.com, where Beth Ann puts enthusiasm and common sense back into American liberty as she brings America home. We have returned. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Mann. It's Memorial Day, and we're visiting with Federer, Bill Federer. You were telling us the story of the uh, Vietnamese, the Vietnam soldier that was brought back and, and was unknown. I'm, I, I want you to finish that story. That he was he was a pilot. Did you say? Right. Well, he flew a uh, A-37B Dragonfly, shot down near the An Lok, South Vietnam. But uh, graduated from the Air Force Academy in 1970, but he graduated from St. Louis University High School in 1966, which happens mm-hmm. to be the high school I graduated from in 1976. So uh, 10 years older than me, same high school. But they reinterred him in Jefferson Memorial Cemetery in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, Calvin Coolidge was uh, president in 1923. And he says, there can be no peace with the forces of evil. Peace comes only through the establishment of the supremacy of the forces of good. That way lies the sacrifice. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Amen. And so we do honor those who have given their lives for our freedom. And it is uh, on a, in a, being attacked from the inside and the outside, right? Enemies foreign and domestic. And uh, ironically, there's uh, a, uh, a strategy called psychological projection where the guilty people call the innocent people guilty. <laughs> um, this goes back to little kids, right? Uh, I, I didn't start the fight. You did. Uh, and it's gotten into politics where uh, the uh, party that's committing uh, unjust things will blame the innocent party 
who then has to go uh, backtrack and get their name smeared in the media. And if it ever gets focused back at the guilty party, by that time the water's muddied, public doesn't know who to trust, and they get a pass. And so we're seeing this every single day. It is. Those who are guilty of intolerance are are blaming innocent people of it. And um, But we do have uh, them in the the, uh, government. You know, I can't remember who it was with the quote that full intolerance brings full tolerance. Complete tolerance brings intolerance. He was a philosopher, and I can't remember his name now or the exact quote. I was sharing that a couple of weeks ago. And, and I, it's, it's been the nature of everything these politicians, particularly with the Democrat Party these days, when they accuse somebody of something, it's something they've already done. <laughs> And he's like, yeah. wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute here. You're the ones that did this, not us. And and uh, but you know, I am concerned that you know there's so many talking about the violence and everything that we can see that's going on in this nation. How do we unite? How do we come back together? You know, the 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 southern ladies that were trying to unite, and and you know, many of those were the homes. You know, brother, one brother fought on one side and the other brother fought on the other side. So they were buried together in family graves. And many of them, you know, how do we bring a nation together? Uh, must we go through another civil war like that? Uh, I like to think that we've got these laws to stand on if people will just wake up and pay attention and get active. You know, we got to hold these officials accountable so that we don't have to visit the grave sites of more soldiers that have had to to fall for freedom. What do you think, yeah. Bill? You're yeah, wiser well, than me. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. Psalms 133 says how good and pleasant it is for a brother to dwell together in unity. And then Proverbs 6 says, lists the things the Lord hates. And it says, uh, he hates he that soweth discord among the yes. brethren. So we have unity of the brethren. We have discord. Of the, and you think of it. Lucifer sowed discord in heaven, right? I mean, here you're in heaven, and the scriptures say that he got a third of the angels to rebel against God. I mean, and so this strategy is used on earth, and it's division in homes, division in families, and division in countries. And uh, it's sort of interesting, um, this tactic, you know, has been used, uh, Alexander the Great's dad, Philip of Macedon, used Gold to bribe citizens of Athens to betray their own city to bring division in the city. Uh, Abimelech, there's a story in the Bible after Gideon defeated all the, the Midianites. Uh, this guy Abimelech goes to the town of Shechem and he does race politics. You know, he says, "Why should the sons of Gideon reign over you? I'm I'm your flesh and your bone." And they took money out of the temple of Baalbrith, hired hired uh, their version of Antifa rioters, and they went and killed all the sons of Gideon. I mean, it was peaceful. They didn't have any outside enemies wanting to attack Israel, but he sowed internal division. And then we see uh, the British uh, did this. So you had um, uh, Bengal in 1714. A British ship landed, and they uh, had a trading port. And then it turned into a trading fort. Then it turned into them having guns and getting involved in local politics. And the British noticed ancient animosities between kingdoms, and they would stir them up so they'd fight each other. And when they bloodied each other up, the British would conquer both. 
and then they would do it again and again, and they would come in to, quote, unquote, restore order, but they ended up conquering all of India, a quarter of the world's population that way. They tried doing it in America, where we had, we had reached an equilibrium with the uh, Indians on the frontiers, but the British came to the Indians and promised them gold for scalps, and they began to scalp along the frontiers, and like Fort Mims, Alabama. Uh, the British controlled Pensacola, and they gave gold to these Red Stick Creek Indians, and they... Scalped 500 people in Fort Mims, Alabama, who had already surrendered. And, but this has now been used uh, politically, uh, especially after World War II, where you had Germany, France, and England give independence to their former colonies, and they elected new leaders, new countries. Uh, it looked hopeful, except the KGB would send agents into these countries and identify groups ethnically, Bosnian, Croat, Serbs, economically, religiously, Sunni, Shia, Orthodox, racially, didn't matter. They would break them into groups of victims and oppressors, haves and have-nots, and then they would organize protests that they would intentionally escalate into riots and violence. And then the bloodshed, yeah, when the bloodshed got involved, people gave up reason, and they're just emotionally motivated. And then they would co-opt the media with bribes and threats to blame the new leader of the new country for all the problems. And when the country got panicky enough, they would do a coup or a rigged election, replace the leader with a Soviet puppet, and then the violence would stop, and they would all be happy for a little bit until they realized they just gave up their freedoms. And this period is called normalization, where you get used to not having freedoms, and then that just sets you up for the next period of vices, violence and crises that you'll give up more freedoms. <laughs> and um, This is called the Cold War. These tactics have been perfected, 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 the only difference this time around is they're being used on our own soil, the intentionally sowing up, sowing of discord. And, uh, and you mentioned unity. Uh, it was uh, Eisenhower who talked about uh, the only way to have unity was to uh, believe in the supreme being. Absolutely. That, that uh, belief in uh, the supreme being is the first the most basic expression of Americanism. Without God, there can be no unity. There's, um, and so, uh, so here we are. Uh, yeah, we need to, yeah. have, we need to be unified, but you have to unify around something. And Eisenhower said the, the most basic thing is we get rights from a creator. And this creator says we're all equal. But if there is no creator, you get your rights from the group, the collective, the socialist state. And what the Eisenhower says, in some lands, the state claims to be the author of human rights. If the state gives rights, it can and inevitably will take away those rights. And so, yeah, absolutely. If they give it, they can take it away. It's it's left to their discretion. I I heard on uh, Shannon Bream last week, uh, one evening I was watching her, and she had three religious leaders on. And they were saying that this nation has got to come back to God and put God first. And, you know, I had, I told you briefly, I didn't tell you my full story uh, when we talked on the phone earlier last week. But that um, I uh, I was kind of making fun of Nancy Pelosi when she was saying, I pray for the president, I pray for the president. And I just felt God tapping me on the shoulder and telling me, you need to be doing that. So that was September 26, 2019, that I started opening every show with prayer. 
And prior to that, I'd been studying once again the book of Esther. It's one of my favorite stories in, in the Bible. And I, I don't believe I'm Queen Esther. Don't get me wrong. I don't think that at all. But I believe God has placed me here. And just as her uncle told her, her cousin told her, you know, just for, for such a time as this, God has placed you here to save the people. I don't think that I'm going to save the people, but I think I can be an encouragement and, and a help in that way. And, uh, and I pray that, that we can all come together. We've, we have to recognize Bill, what they've done and what you just got through explaining and telling that it's it's all a plan. But I have been so sick and tired of them dividing us by color, by gender. Now there's so many genders we can't keep up with them. Just dividing us, you know, by faith, by belief, by where we live, by what we do, until we're just looking at each other and we don't even know who we are anymore. And then we're bickering and fighting and we can't get along because we don't know who we are because we, we've we lost sight of whose we are. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann with Bill Federer. It's Memorial Day. Can we unite a nation somewhere besides in a cemetery? And we will be right back. We have returned to listen to the Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. You know, one thing that we're seeing in the division of this country is they're telling us, Bill, as you know, that everything that's happened before is all evil. And, and of course, war, we never think war is good. Um, but every, they systemically, they call us racist. And that would imply to me that that is in the system. But we're the only nation that has an emancipation, emancipation, Proclamation, excuse me, Emancipation Proclamation. <laughs> I can't get it out. And uh, I don't believe we are systemically racist. I believe we have people that are prejudiced and racist, but I don't believe as a nation that we are that. And, you know, it's those that are screaming that, like you said, they're the ones initiating it. They're the ones that are continuing it. And now we see, uh, you know, our Jewish uh, citizens being attacked. We see our Asian citizens being attacked. Um, Christians are being attacked. And uh, it's it's a constant battle and division. And I think it's keeping us distracted while those who are trying to take over the government. I said the insurrection happened long before January 6th, that uh, our Congress has been legislating, many of them, not all of them, and they have been legislating against our Constitution for a long time. And uh, division, we need as a people, we need to stop looking at it and, and accepting what they're telling us and start uniting. And I just, you know, I'm trying to get that done through my little show here. And I know you do that across the nation. I know that you you speak to people. And, and to know our history is to really free us up. We know what happened. We can not repeat the mistakes that we did and we can move forward. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of take that leave that with you and, and have you kind of take off from that. If yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> um, there's a uh, concept called deconstruction, and mm. it's where you separate people from their past, get them into a neutral where they don't remember where they came from, and then you brainwash them into the future you have planned for them. It's a mm. gene replacement therapy for a culture. Take out the old DNA, put in the new. 
And they do that by going into the classrooms and telling the kids that everybody that founded your country was evil, bad, um, and then the kids emotionally detach from them, and then you get them into a neutral where the kids don't have a remembrance of where our country came from, and then you can brainwash the kids into the new People's Republic or socialism or LGBT or Sharia Islam. It doesn't, you know, any of those. So this concept uh, is a sales technique. So if I was a toothpaste salesman, the first thing I do is I tell you negative things about the toothpaste you are currently brushing with. You're still brushing with that stuff. Haven't you read the article, it'll, it'll eat the enamel off your teeth? You're like, oh, really? Now you're questioning it. You're repulsed by it. Then I have you in a neutral position where you're open-minded. What are all the toothpaste out there? Then I give you my pitch for this brand-new tartar control breast freshener toothpaste. So it's a drive neutral reverse <laughs> type of concept. So that's what they do. They uh, have the 1619 Project, Howard Zinn, the people history of the United States, and all the founders of America are slave owners, and they're evil, and they're bad, and took land from Indians and chauvinists and so forth. Uh, and then the kids emotionally detach from them, and then you get the kids in the neutral, then you give them your pitch for LGBT or socialism or Islam. Uh, now, they're ignoring the fact that America is the country that has given the most freedom to most people in world history. The rest of world history have dictatorships. They're Pharaoh, Caesar, Kaiser, Sultan, Czars, communist countries ruled by Chairman Mao and, you know, uh, Comrade Stalin. I mean, it, the name changes, but they're dictatorships. Right. Even FDR said in 1940, he goes, the Soviet Union which is the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, got that word socialism in there, Union of Soviet Socialists. As you said, the Soviet Union is run as a dictatorship, as absolute as any other dictatorship in the world. So when you have somebody deciding who lives in the nice house and who lives in the dumpy house, somebody's dictating those things. Whoever is ultimately dictating those things is the dictator. So every time you have a socialist system where everybody's equal, Somebody is in the government position of doling out the stuff, and they're tempted to dole out more stuff to their friends and those that can support them in power and to hold back the stuff and use the power of their office to prosecute those that want to kick them out of their position of power. It's the saying, whoever controls the purse strings has the power. And so, so America, there's never been an abolitionist movement in Sharia Islam. Mohammed himself owned black slaves. So to criticize owning slaves, you are criticizing Muhammad, and that's the death penalty. So that's why there's never been an abolitionist movement in Islam. Uh, India has the caste system. They have a whole class of people that are permanent slaves called the Dalits, the untouchables, and their job that they're born into is clean the sewers. And um, even though they've been pressured to uh, legally... Uh, not recognize that. The country still as a whole culturally acknowledges that. Uh, atheistic countries, uh, like, you know, the communists, your worth is dependent on your utility. If you are useful to the state, you're worth more. Uh, if you're not useful to the state, you're voter off the island. You're sent to a labor camp. Your organs are harvested like the Uyghurs, you know, and, um, and, and so when you look at the world, America, when it, when it, had the founding idea that all men are created equal. These other countries of the world didn't believe all men were created. They believe that Sharia men uh, are more equal. They believe that Brahmin and the highest caste are more equal. They believe that Communist Party members 
uh, are more equal than the than ones that aren't. So, so when we say all men are created equal, that is the most revolutionary statement uh, politically. And then the next line is um, all men are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. You're not endowed by your government. You're not endowed by a social contract, what everybody agrees upon. And um, No, the, the creator gave you rights as an individual. And so the enemy uh, wants to break us into small groups, and they say you get your rights from a group, whereas God says, no, I want to address you as an individual. You get rights as an individual. You have a purpose and a calling as an individual. And um, you have an individual relationship with the Lord. So America has been the place where slavery has been get, gotten rid of. Uh, they, You know, when the French Revolution happened, they didn't free the slaves in Haiti. There was a 10-year slave rebellion in Haiti because they, they weren't freed. Um, you know, you had, um, in uh, what do they call it, generational indebtedness in many Asian countries, like in India. So... That the ancestors got in debt, and they're peasant farmers, and that debt is passed along to the kids and grandkids and great-grandkids, and so they're just born in debt, and because of the inflation and everything, you work your whole life, you never pay it off, and, and you die in debt. And um, uh, in America, we had bankruptcy. You could get free from the debt, get a clean start, uh, unless uh, you have a college loan. Obama pushed through that students, even if they don't have money, uh, the interest on their student loans keeps accumulating, um, and so they can't get free of their debt. So we're sort of moving back in the direction of that. But as far as systemic racism, yes, it's in the Democrat Party. You say Absolutely. what? Absolutely. Yeah, they're the ones that started the KKK and, the, and the, the Jim Crow laws and the black coach, and the Republicans were the ones that Lincoln was a Republican to get rid of slavery. And people say, no. well, they switched places. No, they didn't. LBJ just switched the tactics from intimidating the minorities to entitlement. You control them. It's the bribe or the bullet. Uh, if you if you don't use the, the the pressure of intimidation, you use the control of entitlement programs. Um, but in America, we've been the champions in, of freeing people, giving them uh, the ability to rise up uh, from dependence upon uh, a, a slave master or a federal government. They can have a right as an individual, and they can you know, work their job, save their money, and, and become successful as an individual. Well, we see, we see, and well, we're going to head into a break here pretty quick. We see the rhetoric, or we hear the rhetoric of the Democrat Party, the socialists, the ones pushing the socialism, uh, demeaning everything. Um, you know, if you're black, apparently you're not smart enough to go get an, an ID, although they already have an ID. <laughs> they have an idea for everything else, but they, they, they can't get one. It's racist to ask them to have one to vote to prove they're a citizen of the United States. They have taken women now. Women fought for their sports, and women are supposed to be somebody that the Democrat Party protects, the minorities, you know. And now they've demeaned them to nothing. They don't even have their own sports, and they have no right to have their own sports. We have to let men that pretend they're women come in and they can't compete with the real men so they got to compete with the women in order to win and i hear the music and we're headed into this break really rapidly you're listening to csc talk radio so excited to have bill federer back with us and we will be right back
If Ernest Hemingway was alive today, would he say this to you? Shakespeare, Mark Twain, Edgar Allan Poe, all great writers. And after reading your book, I simply must add you to the list. Wait, you don't have a book yet. So make a free call to Page Publishing. Their expert staff can help you turn your book idea into a real book, a masterpiece that could someday make the bestseller list in hard copy and digitally all across the world. Page Publishing can help you completely take your idea for a book, write it, and publish it. So if you want to join the ranks of some of the most famous authors in the world, call now for a free information kit. Turn your book idea into publishing gold. Make a free call right now to Page Publishing. 800-378-3212. That's 800-378-3212. Hi, this is Beth Ann. The inventor and CEO of MyPillow is always looking for ways to solve everyday problems. Have you ever picked up a towel set because it felt so soft in the store, but then when you got it home and tried to use it, it wasn't absorbent at all? That's why MyPillow has developed the MyPillow towels. Towels that work. I know, it's mind-blowing. Towels that actually will dry you. They're debuting the MyPillow six-piece towel set that includes two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. They come in a variety of colors, and right now you can buy one and get one free with the promo code BETHANN. Go to MyPillow.com now and click on the radio listener special. MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty with their 60-day money-back guarantee. To get your buy one, get one free MyPillow towel set, go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special, and enter promo code BETHANN, or call at 1-800-978-6168. That's MyPillow.com, and the promo code is Bethann. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing, and you always need to be sticking your fingers. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. You simply apply a discreet, easy-to-use sensor on your body, and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger pricks. If you test your blood sugar at least four times per day and inject insulin at least three times per day or use an insulin pump and have private insurance or Medicare, you might be eligible for a CGM with little or no cost to you. Call U.S. Medical Supply today for a free benefits check. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill Medicare or your insurance directly. Call now and say goodbye to finger pricks. 800-418-5778. 800-418-5778. 800-418-5778. That's 800-418-5778. Liberty Tabletop brings liberty to your table. For those of you who want to display your patriot heart, set your table with Liberty. The new patriotic flatware pattern by Liberty Tabletop. Your dining table sets the mood for the American family and the American dream. Liberty honors our fallen heroes, the Liberty Bell. We the people with stars and stripes, our American Eagle and the Statue of Liberty. Each piece of the Liberty flatware pattern is an art with elegance, high-quality work, and high-quality 1810 stainless American steel. Each piece is unique while conveying the same patriotic message, liberty for all and we love America. Order your set now and a set as a gift for a special patriot in your life. Liberty Tabletop brings liberty home to your table. Use the promo code Beth Ann and receive a discount. 
LibertyTabletop.com or call them 844-386-2338. And we have returned to listening to CSE Talk Radio. We are in the final segment of today's show. We're visiting with Bill Federer. So excited to have you back, Bill. We're going to do it again here soon because I know you've got a a new book out that I want my listeners to hear about. You've kind of mentioned some of the things that you have in that here throughout our conversation. You know, I'm really concerned. I have had, have you ever met Bob Woodson as much speaking as you do? I thought you might have met Bob Woodson with the uh, 1776 Project. No, I've read his work, work, but I've not met him. When when he's on, he's, he's a great... A great guy of history as well, but he he talks about when when the slaves were freed and how many of them became prosperous and did very well, and uh, and they don't like anybody to know the truth about such things, and and uh, we know that's not true with everybody, and we know it's not true with every white person either. (laughs) We don't all we don't all prosper. We're not all the great entrepreneurs. But he tells the story of many of them, and and it's amazing to me that we don't know that, that part of history, and that our black brothers and sisters don't know that part of history. And uh, they have made them, meaning the politicians, have kept them believing that they are victims instead of that they are victorious in freedom here in the United States. And um, yeah, you, I, know, you I, know, I've go ahead. No, I actually have a chapter in the book, Miracles in American History, Volume 2, on all the the great uh, black entrepreneurs. So one was Paul Cuffe. He was a Quaker Christian, and he uh, was a farmer, carpenter, fisherman, and he built a shipyard. And he employed black crews. He sailed the Caribbean, the Atlantic, Europe, Africa. Uh, He was arrested by the British, spent three months in captivity, let out, and... He uh, was worth a half million dollars when he died. He was the first African-American to meet a U.S. president. It was James Madison in the White House. That's Paul Cuffe. Uh, Another is James Fortson. He was a Quaker um, and a black man. And he uh, apprenticed as a sailmaker in Philadelphia. And then he ended up uh, uh, raising a whole battalion during the War of 1812, became vice president of an anti-slavery society, and uh, by the time he died, he was worth a hundred thousand, and that's equivalent to two and a half million today. That was um, uh, Fortin. Uh, the uh, uh, he fought in the War of eighteen twelve. James Fortin. Uh, another is Free Frank McWhorter, and he uh, started, started a saltpeter production operation, which was necessary to make gunpowder. He provided the gunpowder during the War of eighteen twelve, and he's the first Black American to found a town. New Philadelphia, Illinois, in 1836. Uh, I go through person after person. It's just really fascinating. There's one, Clara Brown. She is considered the first black woman to be in Colorado during the gold rush of the 1850s. And she established a laundry, and she worked as a midwife, cook, nurse, and she opened a Sunday school house, a Sunday school in her house. She had prayer meetings, the first Methodist church services. She was called Aunt Clara. Her home was used as a hospital, a refuge for the sick, those in poverty. She always said, I always go where Jesus calls me. And uh, by the time she died, she owned seven houses in Central City, 16 lots in Denver. And um, she was inducted into the Colorado Pioneers 
uh, Hall of Fame in, in 1885. But there's a whole list of these, but they've been hidden because they uh, it doesn't fit the narrative of wanting mm. to bring up uh, division. Uh, it, and, again, and it encourages it encourages our young, and so they don't want that. They don't want anybody to be encouraged to do better. They want us to stay, you know, under their thumb. You know, I've I've said many times we can't be independent until we're dependent on God, and um, yeah. they want to remove Him so that we have to be dependent on government. And then, of course, you're not independent. I, I I'm kind of I'm kind of jealous because I. I have your first miracles, uh, but I don't have that second one. <laughs> I don't have that book. Um, yeah. yeah. Did your wife help you with that one too? Because she helped you yes, with the first did. one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, com. Now, uh, another is Robert Gordon. He worked in a coal yard, and his master, he was a slave, allowed him to have the slack. That's all the coal dust and crumbs that fall. And he'd sweep it up, and he'd sell it, and he saved up his money, and he bought his freedom. And then he moved to Cincinnati, and he got a piece of land along the river, and he started a coal yard and became prosperous. Well, the other uh, competitors didn't like him, so they sold their their coal cheaper to put him out of business. And he had some of his uh, mulatto friends who were mixed rates and could pass as whites buy up the competitors' cheap, cheap, cheap gold, and then uh, coal, rather. And then the Ohio River froze, <laughs> and no more coal could come up the river. And the other guys were out, and everybody bought Robert Gordon's uh, coal, and he became extremely wealthy and gained the respect <laughs> of the other ones. Then they started an African Methodist Episcopal Church in 1824. And anyway, donated money to start hospitals and uh, worth $5 million by the time he died. But that was Robert Gordon. It's, it's just amazing to me. And uh, there's so many stories in history of all of our ancestors that that we fail to uh, to concentrate on or to even know about to encourage us today, to unite us today. Our history unites us. It doesn't divide us. The truth in the history unites us. And, uh, you know, what you do, Bill, across this nation when you go and speak and share the history, you're such a vast knowledge of it. It's just, it's fantastic. I've shared with my my listeners many times, you know, I loved American history. I'm still not what you are in that. I just, I loved it in school, and I'd learn what they taught me then. But I hated world history, and now I realize how it all comes together and uh, kind of kick myself for being such a silly little girl that I didn't want to study the world history. But we are well, – well, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was saying, it's, in a sense, it's good because uh, they taught it through a socialist point of view of class warfare. And so uh, if people got bored and they didn't learn it that way, and that's good because uh, otherwise we have to relearn it. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, America is the uh, – Ralph Waldo Emerson, a poet, he said uh, America is the – uh, the God's last chance for the human race. In other words, if we blow it, all you're going to have left is what? A dictatorship called China, uh, the Soviet, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Russia that's basically run as a dictatorship, Sharia Islam. Uh, what's left and in the world? Nation that's, and a big nation falls? that's, will be nothing more than a service nation. And uh, it's, I've had listeners that are in other countries uh, call me and leave messages or send me emails and say, what are you people thinking down there? We all 
count on America. We need America. And here we've got our own that are supposed to be, you know, they're getting rich up there in D.C. I call it the D.C. occupiers occupying offices and cutting deals. They, they're getting rich, and then they're sitting there telling us that this is a terrible nation as they have prospered on the backs of the American people. We're out of time. Bill, thank you so much. And let's do it again real soon. I want, I want you to have an opportunity to, to explain your book and push that. And uh, if I could weasel a um, copy out of you, I'd love to do that. And, and the second one of your sure. miracles, too. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I also sent out a free daily email if someone's interested, they can sign up at AmericanMinute.com. The American Minute, yes. We get that here, too. Thank you so much, and God bless you. Enjoy your family today as we all work together, as I like to say every time I close the, the, the show. We all work together to bring America home. God bless you, Bill. Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character, where educating both hearts and minds brings about academic excellence. There is a school in American Fork where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. Based on LDS principles and a love of country, now in our 39th year, American Heritage School is accepting fall enrollment for kindergarten through high school. What would you do for your child? Give them an education that will prepare them for life. Located east of the Temple in American Fork, American Heritage School is a remarkable and affordable alternative. Visit us, find us online, or in the yellow pages. American Heritage School in American Fork. Can a nation conceived in liberty carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens? Can a country founded on God-given rights continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our Creator. As a physician, I have looked into the eyes of one-pound babies. I have cradled their small bodies in the palm of one hand. I defy those who are careless, who would disregard life and look at these tiny little miracles and say, we're not going to protect that. But I believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life.